0: Welcome to the Win the 16 Podcast, presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 Podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture
1: and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts
0: are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon. Anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Thank you for listening. Welcome and thank you for listening to Win the Sixteen podcast today. Uh, as always, thank you to Carrie and the production team for all their work. We we really appreciate that. And uh, today we've got to get another guest. It's uh it's a friend of the family and a friend of the show. Actually, one of our our biggest listeners. Uh, we have many of them out there. And uh, today it's a a friend as well. Uh, South Side, Chicago guy, Brian Barham. So, Brian, how you doing, bud? Good, Dave. Thank, thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh no, 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 no. We here at not only Pygon One Consulting, the business that I run, but also the podcast that uh, Dr. Bud and I, my brother, run. We don't give anything away. So you are on because there was a crystal clear plan, and you made a tremendous amount of sense. Uh, in the book, The Win the Sixteen, which I know you read. In the one chapter I talk about, they wouldn't rec- no one would recognize me walking down Michigan Avenue here in Chicago. I'm just like the guy next door. I'm your neighbor. That's exactly who Brian Barham today is. So I think the value you're going to bring to everybody from all over here in the United States but outside globally is you're just a regular good guy like myself. Um, and some of the things that you do, I think we all can. And you're going to help us on that journey today when we get into mindset and some mental toughness. Uh, but before we do that, Brian, why don't you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself? I think it'd be helpful if everyone got your background and you'll do a better job, buddy, than I will. Sure. Well, I, I'm truly humbled
1: to be on the show because I've really uh, seen some of the people you've had on there. And uh, there are some remarkable people on here. So thanks again. But uh, yeah, so I'm a Southside guy just like you. And uh, I grew up in Crestwood, which is a South Suburb of Chicago. And, i uh, still am the Southside guy. I live in Pales Park now. Uh, I have two children. I have Luke, who is a senior in high school, and Julia, who is a seventh grader. And I live uh, in Pales Park with my wife, Allison. Uh, I am in my 28th year of being an educator and a coach, so I've been involved in that profession for 28 years. And you know, I really am excited about being a part of that and some of the things that I do in my personal life. I've been able to bring that into my professional life, too. It was a lot of fun. And then I know that... We've mentioned how we talk uh, about me being a part of this group called Camp Happy, which I know we'll get into, and that's something that I've really had a great foundation for, the outdoors and camping, and this passion I've had for that is something that I'm hoping that I could share a little bit about that as well.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I thought it was important, and first of all, thank you for the education and what you're doing for all our children out there in terms of that. I know COVID was devastating for parents, but it was also devastating for teachers, who had to adjust, change agility, mental toughness, mindset. So thank you for doing that. Uh, Thank you for sharing. You mentioned Camp Happy. So for everyone out there today listening, we're going to touch on a couple of things. We're going to talk about the 12-hour challenge by Colin O'Brady that my friend Brian over here, who got me hooked up and to do this with him separately because you can't do it together. We're going to talk about that and the why behind it. I think you might find it interesting Um, or a little crazy, either one. I think you might get a little flavor for both. But we're gonna talk to the benefits potentially and the mindset and the mental toughness that took. So Brian's gonna really dive into that and I will with him as well. The other thing we're gonna talk about is Brian is the president CEO of Camp Happy. And I really he gave you his story early on about family and work. Uh because when he tells you what he's overseeing with camp happy he has a uh, an unbelievable ability to balance his personal professional life as well as this camp happy which is brian correct me you have now been to 60 national parks out of 63 is that correct that is correct yeah 60 national parks oh my goodness so all right so let's dive in brian why don't we start off with talking about why mindset and mental toughness not only are important to you, but it's so prevalent in your life. Like if I'm ever a little down, you're the guy who'll get me going and just that mindset you have. So why don't you just talk on that for, with everybody? Well,
1: Paramount with me, my philosophy is truly to be positive. And that's something that I've always really tried to embody. And that's something that I really try to do with my professional life as well as my personal life and it's something that i really try to take care of you know it's uh i think that a lot of things in your book are parallels to this idea of a good mindset and mental toughness and things that we all need to work on but uh my, my friend Dwayne, who is the one that got us both into this whole 12 hour walk thing the, from the book by colin O'Reilly, is really just talking about how we don't have to do certain things we get to do certain things and really trying to focus on that is just being positive uh, is really is really incredible to try to do that and it's tough to do there are always those moments in time where we have a choice to make where we could be negative or positive and I've certainly chosen to take the positive route in so many things that could easily turn into negative but that's really that mindset of being positive about things and I think that I've learned a lot of that and helped that my wife is a yoga teacher so Allison I have to thank her for that because she is her her mindset and her being very present in that yoga persona, and it's really helped me with my mindset as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you are Mr. Positive, I tell you. That's why I love being around you. Most people do. I'll throw a couple tips out to people on mindset. And uh, Brian, if you want to chime in on any of them, please do. Mindset, first of all, is a skill and it's a choice. Positive and optimistic mindsets can support and assist during tough times and problems. Think about that one. A lot of times when we get through challenges and hard moments, whether it's work or family combination, that's sometimes when some of us can kind of let that positive mindset slip and we get over to that, I don't want to say negative, but it's away from that positive optimistic. Any comment on any of those two so far, Brian, from your perspective? Because I know those are hallmarks for you when I think of you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think that really kind of we, we always get back into those corners where we really get to try to figure out if we're going to try to make a situation positive or not. And it's so easy for people, all of us, to focus on the negative, but really, really make the positive of whatever the experience may be to come true is really something that's important. You know, it's something, again, that we've talked about before that just trying to not just not just trying to get through something, but to get from something is what you try to find the positive energy in something.
0: Do you have any two cents on this one? I don't even know if I've ever said this to you. So if you don't, that's fine. But I was just thinking about you might. When. We're in that moment. And things are rough. And hard. We're not telling people. To smile from ear to ear. And say. This is a great moment of our life. What we're really trying to do. Is trying to handle tough situations. And not go negative. Is that fair to say? Or how do you take that? Because I don't really think when things get really hard, I'm not saying, oh, this is fun. I'm having the greatest time. What I do say, though, is I try to go into my mindset of I'm going to find a way. We'll get through this. Let's take deep breaths. Let's go through the process. Let's not go negative because that only makes it worse and harder for my mind and my brain. What about you? Do you have a comment on that one, Brian?
1: Yes, I feel like that's a moment where you get to those points and clearly we all have our, our times where we're not having a good day or uh, it's, it's hard to smile. But just to try to in those moments where they are difficult to try to recalibrate and try to figure out exactly what we're going to do to get through those times.
0: Yeah, it's so pivotal. And when we're going through these tough moments and we're talking about mindset, a couple of things I just always think of and it's in the book. Dreams can come true. You just have to believe. Never give up. And I believe the way I look at it is if if I'm going through a challenge, obstacle, and I start to go down that negative poor me, why me, I believe that it's not necessarily giving up, but it's definitely making the path to success harder for me. That mental shift that it takes to handle hard better just helps me because we all face it it's not like it's a surprise anything from your perspective on that one bry
1: yeah i do believe that we've all learned a lot from the different situations and experiences we've been in especially you know i think from athletics i pull a lot from what i do with what i've been in in situations with athletics as a coach or an athlete and trying just to enjoy the grind right because there are
0: moments that are just tough and you got to enjoy the grind (laughs) oh some days I enjoy the grind better than others, my friend, I can tell you, right? That's, I think that's human. Um, let's jump in to what I call the mental toughness part of the broadcast today, and that ties in, and I would love for you to explain it, because my first reaction was, okay, I'm doing it, let's go. And then I think I had buyer's remorse, but I didn't even tell you this, Brian, after I committed to doing this. I believe I did a little bit. Uh, And that is, why don't you tell everybody about what we did back in the summer? Uh, I actually read the book, too. And it's called The 12-Hour Challenge by Colin O'Brady. So I read the book. You mentioned this to me on a Wednesday and I said, or I think it was a Wednesday. I go, I'm doing it Saturday. So hit it, my friend. Tell everybody about what the 12-hour challenge is. Well, a lot of us
1: in our group of Camp Happy and others, we we consistently suggest books that are really interesting to all of us. And your your book was something that with the Win the 16, I'd mentioned to a lot of the guys in the group. And then that from that concept is that a lot of us were talking about books and Dwayne Stevens had mentioned to me, he read this book called The 12-Hour Walk, and it would be perfect for someone like myself that I would try to take on that challenge. So I I got the book myself after I read it. I suggested it to you and a few others. And uh, on the same day, yourself, my friend Dwayne and I, we all were doing this 12-Hour Walk, this book by Colin O'Brady, where it really is taking the perspective of trying to challenge each of us to disconnect from technology. So your 12-Hour Walk is going to be It's not necessarily where we're looking at how how far you're gonna go. It's just to be disconnected from technology, be disconnected from others, and really trying to have a moment, uh, a 12-hour moment, (laughs) to really be able to self-reflect and really try to think about all that you have going on in your mind. It was it was challenging.
0: Okay, let me let me jump in here. Let me jump in with my friend. Okay, so it is 12 hours. When he said disconnected, you are by yourself walking. At best, if somebody walks by you, you can say hello wherever you decide to do this challenge. And disconnected is no phones, no audio books, no podcast, no listen to Win the 16 as you're walking. You are literally walking just your mind and body for 12 hours. And you can take a break if you'd like, uh, drink water, all that stuff. Um, he mentioned you don't keep track. Um, that was that for him and I, that was a fib. We clearly were keeping track of how many miles. And he said to me the day before, and he's smiling. You all can't see him right now. My friend Brian said, I'm getting 30 miles in here. That's the goal at least. And he ended, you ended up getting how many, 33? I did a little over 33 miles. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you made 33 miles in your 12 hour walk. I made just over 30 miles. Um, so it, there is that little bit of piece of it, uh, so I just wanted to clarify, my friend. There, though, for everybody out there, if you ever decided to do this, I would just say, like he said, there is not a number that you hit. That was just self-inflicted that we put upon ourselves. Because I, I'll start. I thought it was pretty brutal, and I've done a couple triathlons. I've trained for them. I learned how to swim when I was 50. Never did in my life. I've done the Murph workout 38 straight days in the winter in the cold where you run a mile with a 20 pound vest then you do 100 pull-ups outside 200 push-ups 300 air squats and another mile and i gotta tell you i don't know if i would do this again um it was tough your turn
1: well i'm certainly and not at the extreme that you've done i'm not a david goggins i'm not a mike mccaskill uh uh, i'm not anything like that but i certainly try to do some things that are are physically challenging and oh yes you colin o'brady speaks about that possible mindset and just really get out there and try something i felt like that's something that i wanted to do is to get out there and and try to do something like this and I, i felt it was a perfect day it was a day where here we did this back in you know about a month ago or so and it was a beautiful day it was only about 75 degrees it was raining out the whole day and for me <laughs> I, I, it was beautiful most people think why would you put yourself through that kind of agony but
0: i loved it <laughs> yes and he my friend he, he describes a beautiful day as it was in the 70s and it rained hard for about 4 of the hours we were i was soaking wet uh, luckily in the book they do recommend it bringing changes of socks which that was a great tip by Colin. So I said I wouldn't do it again necessarily. Um, so why did we do this? What was the point? Go ahead, Brian, you go first. Why did we take this on? What was the what was the point of it? What were we trying to develop?
1: I think that when Colin O'Brady speaks to the is trying to find your why or to find your Everest, that was something that was really interesting in the book when when I read it. And I felt like taking that break from technology, being alone with your own thoughts, you know, can be something that can be a a powerful moment for all of us. And I thought that was something I really enjoyed. There was certainly times where I felt like I was at a breaking point myself, where it was raining the whole day, and I love that environment. But I got to about mile marker 20, I thought it was, and I was just now you're doing that self-talk that you speak of, and we, you know, I I know I was talking about that. We all talk about how we want to try to. Get really in depth with our thoughts, and that moment was that time where I thought I was at a breaking point.
0: Yes, there were a couple moments. I told you this, I was surprised because we talked that night after we did it, and i it took me about four hours to get into a groove. I couldn't get a flow mentally. I started mine at five forty five a m and finished that night. What time did you start, six or seven? I started right at six, yes. Six, okay. I couldn't get into it. It took me until about 9.30 to get in that flow, and I was still kind of like, oh, how much time do we got to go? How much longer? And I couldn't. But once I got into it, that was where one of my friends gave me a great suggestion. Um, My friend Nick, real smart guy. He's like, you're going to have so many thoughts. Make sure you bring a little notebook so you can write them down. And I did. I think you did something similar. That was really helpful. Uh, here's what I struggled with. One was my right hamstring. After a while, got really tight from all the walking, uh, even with all the exercising. You and I do. It was amazing that walking can be that take that much out of you consistently like that. But here's what I struggled with. Because afterwards, I said, you know, I don't know if I got. I definitely think mental toughness it helped, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. I absolutely this was a couple moments where you you had to look yourself in the eye, hard body, and say, "Okay, keep pushing. You can do this. Just get get back into get get you'll get into a flow." And here's where here's what I was struggling with a little bit, and I finally figured it out a couple of weeks later. I was talking to a, um, a friend, Brad, and that was this. My expertise at Pygon one at work and really has always been, ha- has been, efficiency and effectiveness, optimizing your day, like just like the book says, like, I really believe in that, and part of me, Bri, I don't even know if I told you this, because it just was a couple weeks ago, when I came to this revelation, I almost felt I was, I wasn't being productive, I was almost wasting time in those 12 hours, because I didn't have an audio book or podcast, so I wasn't learning Uh, Some of the moments I was thinking, which was great, but some of the other moments I wasn't. I was in that, for lack of a better dead zone. So that for me, and that's why I would ask Colin O'Brady if I ever talked to him, is that was, I think, my downside in not having the as positive experience as you did. Because I did get some value in the mental toughness. I think it helped me improve that. But on the mindset, I did get some ideas. I did get some clear thoughts. I did suffer with no technology, no contact. But I don't know if I got enough to offset the ineffectiveness, inefficiency. Help me out with that one. So we're not doing this again together? We're not? <laughs> I, knowing you, you'll talk me into it. And I'll be on a broadcast in a year from now when people are like, hey, I remembered episode XYZ. You weren't going to do it. So I'm sure know me. If you give me a challenge to you, I'm probably back with you. But my first inkling, it's it's too close to uh, giving birth here. I'm not ready to jump back in. Well, we'll talk in maybe
1: six months to a year and figure that out. But I
0: really, all loved, right.
1: <laughs> I really did. I love the challenges that presented itself because it was constantly changing with, you know, with with the weather the way it was. I really, you're not seeing people for long periods of time. Whereas normally, I, you know, I did my hike in the forest reserves in the south side of Chicago, and you know, normally you're out there and there's all kinds of people. But because of the weather, you weren't seeing people and that that can be a good thing and a bad thing. Right. That we're, sure. we're out there just kind of alone with our thoughts. And I, I really felt that it was something that we, you know, get in that mindset, keep taking one step after another, be disciplined, do it, you you've carved out this time and keep going forward. And I think that we
0: came out better for doing it. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I realized when I first said, you know, I don't know if I do it again, because of my right hamstring was really tight and sore Um, And it it kept me from working out for a couple of days afterwards. But it absolutely helped my mental toughness because it is challenging. That is a long time. Uh, I did get some really innovative, different ideas or things I might not have come up with. What I realized, if I was going to do it over again, I'd have to talk to you and others before and get into it about that. This is a different type of efficiency and effectiveness. And optimization of your day. I think I got caught up a little bit in saying, oh, it's three o'clock. I could be doing this right now, which maybe it's even spending time with Susan, my wife, who's amazing and great. Uh, we could be doing something, right? I don't necessarily mean uh, anything other than maybe that. That, I think, was my ultimate problem when I first told you, "Ah, I don't know if I'm doing this again, because I thought, yeah, maybe I'm, I could be more effective. My what are you thinking now that I said that?
1: I, I see exactly where you're coming from. It was it was difficult taking that twelve hour chunk out of our day, right? Carving out that time and having twelve hours to just walk. It was it was something that was it was rewarding, <laughs> but it was difficult to do at times. It was difficult to be able to do that the whole time. And I was, you know, you do get along with our thoughts and you're thinking, well, what else can we do? And yes was, and, and you know, I have, you know, a senior in high school and a seventh grader, and I was consistently thinking, you know, what, what are they doing right now? Is everything okay? Right. Uh, I, I really felt like I was, your mind turns to all those things, but I think that just trying to have that time that you are committed to yourself to be able to do that was
0: was really remarkable to be able to do. For those of you who've been in Chicago, downtown on the lake and Lakeshore Drive, <clears throat> I was thinking, because that's what I did, I just walked up and down the lake and then when it was raining so hard, I tried walk on the lakeshore drive where the trees are to get a little coverage because we were so wet. And I was thinking to myself, anybody driving by, because nobody was out because it was raining, they might be must be looking at this guy like, "What are you doing? It's it's raining out." Uh, so we laughed. Let me throw a couple of mental t- toughness tips for people when they're going through some challenges uh, before we jump into Camp Happy. That people might be able to use when they are going through some tough things, deep breaths. Deep breaths always help. Uh, I know your wife is big into the yoga, so she's an expert at it. I can learn a lot from her. I'm not great at that, but even when I'm in you know, potential stressful, I'm about to give big speech and, and maybe I get a little of that anxiousness, the deep breathing really helps. Uh, positive self-talk, when you need it, you can do it personally and professionally. Uh, it helps. Visualize the end. I did do that all day when we were doing our challenge. Think about that end. Um, Think about the end results when you're digging deep, you're being gritty, you're being resilient. Think about that. Visualize it. Picture what the end looks like the end of that quarter, the end of the day if it's one of those long days. And then just remember just small steps. I know when we were doing the 12 hour challenge, I was looking at it at hour increments, just make it to the next hour. I know the Navy Steals, I think when they start in the mornings, they say, I just want to make it to breakfast. Once they make it to breakfast, they just want to make it to lunch. That's how they make it through the day. I really do believe you break it up. That is helpful uh, on that mental toughness piece. And just like mindset, it is a skill. Anything on that one, Brian, before we uh, jump onto Camp Happy?
1: No, I think you you brought some really good points there. I think that, like I said, that there's a lot of parallels to your book, Win the 16, and Connell Brady's book that I really think were really helpful in having those to recall as you were on this 12-hour walk. I thought it was really, really important to have those things. So thank you for that. Oh, no. So
0: 60 national parks visited by you out of 63, which is amazing. So I am going to ask you, what are your one or two favorites? And I know your usual answer is the one I'm on, but I'm, I know my, the audience is going to want to hear if they have one or two out there as they're planning vacations, who've never been to any, what might have jumped out. I'm sure they'd love to hear it. But as the president and leader of Camp Happy, why don't you take over now, Brian, and explain that to everybody who's listening it's an amazing amazing thing you do so hit it yeah well camp
1: happy is something that i really came up with that idea in the fall of 1995 where i saw so many people that i was you know i was in college and a lot of people had never been camping before or mountain biking while they were camping and i really wanted to try to get people essentially in the outdoors so that next memorial day of 96 i was able to take a small group of people we went out to uh, the Smoky Mountains National Park in Tennessee, and it was just really a, a fantastic experience for everyone to be able to do that. And I, I thought, you know, I really want to keep doing this and try to encourage people to get in the outdoors and to really enjoy what's out there. And so many people, you know, aren't doing that. So Camp Happy has become twofold, where first we have a Memorial Day outing, where on Memorial Day weekend we bring families together, and a lot of people that have been on these camping outings it's their first time camping. So I love that people are coming out there to enjoy that camping experience and to be able to do things together on Memorial Day. Well, then we also do a big trip in the summer where it's essentially uh, people that are, uh, I've invited to this trip over the years, and spent some of my cousins, you know, John and Dave Vanderwall have been on these trips quite a bit with me. And, you know, we we do these trips where we're trying to Uh, go and see these national parks there's there's 423 units within the national park system and only 63 things have been identified as our national treasures these majestic places that are the national parks of the united states and when i went to my first one in the smoky mountains years ago and then i continued to go then i went to yellowstone and then yosemite i thought i i want to keep doing this and i want other people to come with me so i've been very fortunate that i've had 35 different people come with me on these trips over 28 years. I'm so grateful that I've had so many people that are being a part of it to go with me on these trips and experience these things that I am. And my family has been able to come with me too on a lot of these uh, epic trips, but I'm really grateful that I've had so many people that have been a part
0: of it. It's amazing. You started this out in 1995, talking about exhibiting discipline. And for all of us out there, I mean, we were starting our careers, you and I are similar age bracket, uh, families, and for you to have the support at home and the discipline to keep this going and bringing on new people for this experience. It's, uh, it's amazing. When I heard the story, and I, it's just a fantastic, fantastic story. Why don't you touch on uh, the connection piece? of going on this trip, because it's just not, hey, this is a vacation. We're going to look at a beautiful, amazing park. That whole connection piece on top of the beauty, on top of the amazing experience, I found fascinating when you dove in that with me.
1: You know, I think that connecting these awesome people and going to see these incredible places and just being on these epic journeys together it really brings people together. Not only are we on the trip together with people that have you know we've planned out these trips we're going on these you know these challenges because we're we're backcountry camping at times and doing some you know mild rock climbing or kayaking or river, whitewater rafting and different things that are really trying to experience whatever that particular park offers and then we meet people on these trips that are just 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 fascinating people and i've been able to keep keep in touch with some of the people that are on these trips and it's 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 really uh it's cool to be able to, it's just amazing to be able to talk to these people that I shared a trip with them, you know, 10 years ago. And I still try to send them an email or a text and they're reaching back out to see what the next trip is that we're planning and where's Camp Happy going next. And it's really, it's really fun to be able to do that with other people.
0: It's, it is incredible. Why don't? Because so many people out there, I know exactly what they're thinking. Uh, some. We're so busy. We've got so many things going on. We barely have time to get a vacation with our families. Balancing schedules, and because I asked you that question, the commitment, the discipline, uh, the how you make it happen. Do you want to touch on that for everybody a little bit, Brian? Because I think that might be insightful for them. uh, Because you're a busy guy, man. You got a lot of stuff going on in your life, just like the rest of us. But you find a way. Can you touch on that for everybody?
1: Yeah, I understand. We're all very busy. And even when we, when when I started this and I had so many people that were involved in this, yeah, we were early in our careers. I wasn't married at the time, didn't have children at the time, but all of us do get busy. And I, I get that. So that's why I have so many people that have been a part of the trips. They've disconnected for a while. They may come back. They may just not be able to carve out that time. And I understand it, but it's it's important, right? You, you you carve out that time for that week and it's only 168 hours to be able to do that for one week and you get to go and experience some of these things that are going to be something that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. And I think getting out there in these national parks that it is truly something that is worth doing because most of these national parks are breathtaking and to be able to take that time and surround yourself with good people, you know my friend Bill Leipel on this on these trips, he's consistently saying that you know you want to surround yourself with good people and I've been very Lucky to have such a good group of people to come with me on these trips. My family that comes on them and they're supportive of it, and they've been able to come on some of these trips, so they they really see what these trips are all about.
0: Yes, they're it's special. Okay, so give us one or two places that you'd say these were spectacular. Everybody, you you might want to potentially add it to your list of to dos. Two national parks.
1: Yeah, there are there are so many places that are are. In, you know, just places that you'll, <laughs> that you'll you'll really be amazed by if you're able to go see these places that are that are iconic places in, in the <laughs> the American setting. And the, my favorite park, though, is one that consistently comes up. Is that when I'm asked that, I always do say it's you know what is my favorite park? It's whatever trip I'm currently on. But Katmai yes. is truly it it is that scene. If I could paint a picture for you, it's that National Geographic scene that you've seen so many times in videos or pictures where you see the bears that are on this Brooks River and the bear are just nestled on these rocks and the salmon are swimming upstream and we were able to take a float plane from Homer into uh, the Brooks camp area and then we were able to hike up to where the Brooks River is and you're seeing these grizzly bear on the rocks as the salmon are swimming upstream and just catching the salmon in midair. It was it was truly awe-inspiring to be able to watch something like that, and you're, you're standing there seeing this, and you've seen it so many times in videos and pictures, and to be a part of that was exceptional. So, Katmai National Park in Alaska was was one of the best experiences that I've ever
0: ever encountered on these trips. Yes, it sounds fantastic. Okay, Brian, well, thank you for um. Thanks for joining the podcast today. Today was a little different and unique, and hopefully there was some value and some different ideas. And as always, everybody, as you're listening, uh, we hope that some of the things we talk about have get you to think and come up with even better ideas and different ways to again to try to win your 16 and be your best self, whatever that looks like to you, because all of us are on a different journey. Uh, Before we part ways, Brian, anything you want to say before we uh, Head out today. I would just encourage everyone to take a look
1: at those national parks that are out there. Maybe get out there and and try to see if there's a national park close close by where you live. And to go out there and explore and give it a shot. So I like to say that I'm a national
0: park ambassador. Yes, and you're a city slicker. So it's not as if you're just someone who's living in a tent outside uh, down by the river from Saturday Night Live. Wasn't it that the character down by the river? Uh, As always... Thank you for listening to Win the 16 podcast. We appreciate you. Thank you for all of you who have purchased the book, Win the 16, Principles and Strategies to Optimize Your Day. It's humbling and it's an honor and we're so appreciative of that. We look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks. And as always, win the 16. Thank you for listening to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and all major podcast formats. Episodes will be released every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you and go win the 16.